The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a Girlfriend's Guide to Life podcast. I'm your host, Maisha Chanel. I curated this podcast to provide an outlet for humanity so we can have candid conversations and, and illustrations so we can really just be able to have um, dialogue. Um, I actually love social issues, injustice. I love being a... a um, the one that is going to pave the way for all of us or even try to pave the way for us. So come along this journey with me as I show you how to love and live through adversity and most importantly, how to keep your head up. Because we know right now in these times, life is hard. But what I always say is shut off the internal dialogue and tell yourself that you can do it no matter what. Hence, I'm here doing something that I'm new at and I'm finding the love and joy in it. Um, today, I have a wonderful guest in studio with me. I thank her for her time and her energy. I call her a change maker. Um, the topic is the change maker and her congressional race. Um, as we know, while the death of Breonna, Breonna Taylor um, death goes unjustified, it becomes a symbolist of the plight of America navigating, black America actually navigating the criminal system. It's, 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 it's terrible. For many, Breonna Taylor's death and time, her timely death and her killing underscores the burden of black people right now in America. As black people, we can march, we can protest until we're blue in the face. But the way to change, to have a better America, is to be a change maker. Change making happens when your desire for positive change intersects with your ability to make change happen. With that being said, today my guest is exactly that, a change maker. Ms. Erica Rose has devoted her life to children and education. But now she decided to run for Congress in California for the 30th Congressional District. In 2013, Erica received the Teacher of the Year Awards from the Los Angeles Clippers for her achievement in constructing an effective science curriculum. I'm all about science. Actually, STEM is something that I'm super big on. I think it just gets the kids, takes their brain to another level. But let me not digress. <laughs> Erica was invited to the Better Teaching Summit in, at Cal State Northridge, my alma mater, to speak to dozens of educators about helping every child access curriculum by creating individual connections for each student. 
Erica was an active volunteer for the uh, former president uh, candidate, Andrew Yang. She spoke to hundreds of people about the state of the country. Prior to his suspension, Yang's suspension of the campaign, Erica was in the process of organizing a town hall meeting, which was intended to address issues impacted low-income communities. And she feels strongly about this every day. Like, this is her, 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 her dream is to help people, everyday people, matter and fight to help them solve the problems that we have. Without further ado... Please help me welcome Miss Erica Rhodes to a Girlfriend's Guide to Life podcast. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank I am you. so excited about this conversation. Thank you. Me and too. it's important that you're having it. These yes. conversations are imperative. So yes. thank you so much. Thank you for being here. So tell us, I know a little bit about you, but tell us, let everybody know who Erica Rhodes is. So uh, my name is Erica Rhodes, and I am an elementary school teacher. I teach fifth and sixth grade math and science, and I am from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I have two amazing parents, and I decided to run for Congress because there are so many issues that are impacting our country, my community, and I feel like with these policies that I'm running on, it can make a, a, a major difference. So... Um, I'm just out here trying to be a change maker. <laughs> so, so thank you. So again, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Just I, we're going to have just a dialogue, yeah. just conversation with you being an elementary school teacher. Most people know that I really love teachers. Like I thank you. have a soft heart for teachers. Um, I had a student that was very difficult, a difficult student. And so when I see you, I, I commend teachers because I feel like you guys should be paid as if you were doctors or attorneys, <laughs> six figures, like seven figures, because you have to deal with a lot. Yeah. Right now with COVID and, and distance learning, how are you doing with that? How, how, are, you, how, are, you, how are you adjusting to distance teaching? So... Let's just, I wanted to say this, all teachers are amazing, so teachers are working their butts off right now, so shout out to all of our teachers. Yes. Um, I would say for me, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, okay. because on one hand, what we're seeing in distance learning is that our education system isn't working, yes. and we're seeing that kids that live in low-income areas that don't have access to internet and technology are not thriving, right. and so what ended up happening is that a dynamite just pretty much completely widened the achievement gap. And so there's a lot of work that we're going to have to do to ensure that kids reach a proficient level. Okay. Um, I'm fortunate to work at a school where I have resources and uh, my students have access to things. So okay. I'm able to to use this moment to be innovative and creative and um just provide them with the learning that they need in order to stay at or maybe move above grade level. So I'm fortunate, but I do think it's really important to, to really look at distance learning as what it takes for parents. Like I look at like our parents, like how they're having to navigate, right. you know, having to be at home, trying to balance their kids, their, their kids' education and why education needs to be a major topic of discussion. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's mm -hmm. an injustice when a kid can't read or they can't compute math or have the science skills needed to be set up to be able to prosper and have a lucrative job. So I feel like in a way, 
we're allowed to see that we need we need reform. We need yes. massive, massive Absolutely. reform. We're seeing that teachers, you know, no matter what is handed to them, they turn lemon into lemonade yes. time and time again. So I agree with you. Teachers should be compensated. Something that I'm personally running on as a congressional candidate. Totally. Candidate. Okay. But no, this is important. This is important. Okay, okay, okay. That teachers should get stipends. Like, they right. should get stipends at the beginning of a school year okay. to be able to buy resources to okay. make learning meaningful and yes. hands-on and kids we know in this pandemic that kids learn better when they are in a classroom right. when they are um, able to do hands-on activities and lessons so I think the distance learning really really exposed all of these different things that's I 100% agree with you. I don't have small children at home, but I'm hearing um, my ho the horror stories from my families and my friends, my girlfriends that are were working from were working out in the field, and then when Corona came, they had to now work this full time job and deal with this this elementary school teacher. And I just my heart goes out to mine to, too. And 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 I and re what's really sad, Erica, is for the student that you spoke about that don't have the resources. What happened to those kids here that are not don't have access to computers? They don't even probably know how to use a computer that well because they don't have computers in their home. Now you're being dropped off this computer, this laptop, and being told to just figure it out. That. It saddens me. Yeah, and then you have parents. Let's say, let's just use like a single mom. Right okay. now, you're in this predicament where you have to choose. You know, I have to work, but I also have to make sure my kid zooms on time. Right. It's it's really really difficult, and that's why I'm very disappointed in the manner in which COVID was addressed. Mm -hmm. We did not um, attack this virus in a way that would allow. We didn't put kids first. Right. We didn't put people first, and. It's just, it's it's really, really hard times. And I also want to just say, the parents are doing the best that they can. Yes. I really, I, yes. I've seen parents, not outside of my school, but just step up in ways uh, for their kids. Mm -hmm. And that's that's special. Yeah, that is, that is, um, it's actually commendable because yeah. I've seen that too. So with teaching, I know that... Um, because I taught like a little after school program before. And I was like, once I did that, I was like 20. I was like, oh, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> and so I really, I learned at that moment that you are to provide this curriculum. Yes. Right. I sucked at it. <laughs> I was like, I'll stick to being a social worker. How did you come up with your teaching style? Like we all, we learn and we have, we go through school and we all take the same classes. But a teacher is special when they come up with their own specialty. Yeah. And I heard through the grapevine that you are like a phenomenal teacher. Oh, in fact, you. I've heard, I've witnessed you in action. <laughs> uh, I was I, I was just appalled by a grad. I was there for one of your students, fifth grade, Noah's um, fifth grade graduation. And I saw you and I was like, oh my gosh, she's phenomenal. She's beautiful. How did you come up with your teaching style? So um, I never wanted to be a teacher. Really? <laughs> no. And then, but I ironically ended up in a classroom where um, kids in the fifth grade were reading at a second and third grade level. Oh. And I thought that was an injustice. And so I switched my major over. And I think what happened for me, I'm very, very fortunate to have had the one of the most amazing professors, Professor Joan Baca, who's no longer living, but we're going to represent her rest legacy. In rest in power, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. But she was adamant okay. on hands-on, field trips, you know, going above and beyond. She always basically would frame it like 
it's an honor for you to be teaching the kids. Yeah. It's you. It's a privilege that you get to educate awesome. kids. And so that always stuck with me. And so when I go into the classroom, I have two things that I think about. One, if my kid were in this classroom, what would I want to see? Mm. Like, how would I want the teacher Great. to be? And that's innovative, creative, invested, you know, thinking outside of the box, yes. keeping up with the time, making real world connections. So that's the first thing. And then two... I think my style is I hate lecture style. Okay. <laughs> personally, so do I. as a student, I can't okay. stand it, and okay. I personally um, I try to put myself in the in the seat of the student. Okay. And so I'll just like think, okay, if I were in this class, if it were me, what would I want to yes. learn? What would okay. how would I want the teacher to be? And so I think having the kid's perspective drives my style. And I fail. Like, I'm not, like, I don't know every lesson every time. Okay. And I think because I reflect yes. and then I adjust, that that has allowed me to shape my skills as a teacher. That's awesome. But I do think also, I would say last thing is I think developing relationships with your students, getting to really Absolutely. know your kids. Every kid has a different learning style, different need. They have to be, you know, nurtured in different ways. So I, I'm not perfect, but I really try my best to build you, solid, solid relationships with my kids. You sound, man, I just <laughs> wish that my son could have had you as a Aww, teacher. I don't you. want to continue to talk about education, but I'm really big on it. Before no, we good. go, I have a few more questions just to just to, before we segue into your congressional race. Um, <laughs> question: What advice would you give a parent who is distant learn distant teaching? Um, what would you tell them? Um, Briefly, well, a couple of things. I would tell okay. parents that you're just do the best you can. Okay. Do the best you can, be patient, and because we're in this together. It's like the African pro proverb, if you wanna go fast, go alone, but if you wanna go far, go together. together. We're in this together, so that's Absolutely. the first thing. And two, just trust the teacher. Let the teach like work with the teacher, trust the teacher. We are doing the best we can in these circumstances. We have credentials, we have degrees, and so just Trust the process, okay. and it will be okay. It's Great all going to be okay when it's all said and done. Great We have advice. a lot of work afterwards, but it's going to be okay right now. Just do the best you can. That's awesome. Last question about education. I know that you work at a per, uh, an, a, a school that is not very diverse. Mm -hmm. um, I, too, had my son in a school that was not very diverse, and I realized the impact that it had mm -hmm. on him as a black man, a black boy at the time. Um, as an educator, how do you feel about black students in school where there is zero diversity? And what impact does it have on the student? Okay, so my school has a very diverse staff, but not necessarily a diverse um, student population. I think it is important um, for kids to be around people of their race and their ethnicity. I think diversity is essential because a classroom should reflect the real world. Yeah. I really believe that. And I think that when a kid, especially a student of color, is not around their people that look like them or they're socioeconomic, it can be really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. It can be really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe that students of color should have teachers of color in elementary school. Okay. You know, the research shows that most students of color do not have a teacher of color until they get to middle or high school, if they're lucky. Yeah. And if they have a teacher of color early on, it makes a substantial difference in their education and how they view themselves. And so I personally want to 
to always advocate that students of color are in diverse schools. It's incredibly important. important. Yes. And um, we don't want to run out of time before we talk about why you are here. So tell us, <laughs> tell the world, why <laughs> is Erica Rhodes running for Congress, congressional seat, uh, what, District 30, congressional district? Yeah, what, so I'm running in... Um, um, California's 30th Congressional District, that's the Valley, Sherman Oaks, um, Encino, Tarzana, um, San Fernando Valley. And basically, I decided to run. So a little context. So I um, was never crazy politi like politically active. Okay. But once Trump got elected, okay. I was like really paying attention. Okay. I always voted, but like I wasn't like crazy active. Right. And then I so I, I, long story short, I came across Andrew Yang, who okay. I'm a huge supporter of. Okay. And then I ended up in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, awesome. campaign for him and what I found going to all these different pockets of the country mm -hmm. is no different than our district my district and California people want relief yes. people want stability people want to be able to enjoy their life have access to health care make sure their kids get the education they deserve and so I did not see that happening in my community. And okay. when George Floyd, so Andrew suspended, and so I stayed active, but then when George Floyd was murdered, okay. I filed. Okay. Because I felt like we need a seat at the table. When I say that women of color, um, we that. need a seat at the table because we're gonna advocate for these policies in a way that if you're not a person of color, you're just not gonna advocate in the same exact way. And that's no discredit to, you know, there's so many, you know, Caucasian people fighting on mm -hmm. behalf of Breonna oh, Taylor and George Floyd, mm -hmm. but we need policy. Yes. And I personally am tired of protesting. I'm tired of, you know, a hashtag. No black person should become a hashtag. And so my whole thing is, you know what? I'm calling my elected official. I'm participating in the in the political process, but I feel like to get that change, I'll just go do it. Awesome. You know what I mean? So <laughs> why I call you a change maker. Do you see that? In order to have change made in America, we can't sit here and act as if it's going to go away, you guys. We have to get out and change, be change makers. Do what Erica is doing. Or if you don't feel comfortable running, support grassroots candidates, candidates of color like Jamie Harrison. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a real opportunity to take Lindsey Graham out. Okay. Right. Very, I saw that. A yes. very good chance. And so, even if you don't want to run for office, supporting candidates like myself and Jamie and people that are really running for the right reasons, that is how we get changed too. Yes. You know, and I also want to highlight it is voting. it's yeah, I was about to say it's really important to vote at the local level. It's important to do the research and and get behind these candidates that are not taking money from you know big banks and corporations that are right. are grassroots that are getting money from everyday people because then they're not beholden to these co corporations when they're in Congress so they can fight for legislation that Amen. we need. Yes, we get to a point in our in our country and in our in our government where you don't deserve that seat mm -hmm. if you're not advocating for people. Amen. That seat is a yes. privilege. Yes. And your sole job is to have the political courage to defend 
everyday, hardworking Americans yes. and not Boom. these big corporations. Right. And I take real issue with that. And there's too many people in office that are that are just afraid to stand up for the right thing or yes. losing their 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 morals and values just to be able to have power. power yeah. And that an absolute power you know, is is corrupt absolutely. absolutely. You yeah. know, so we can't. We have Clearly. to. We need new. We need new leadership. Yep. We need. We need change makers. So, what can we do to support you in your campaign? I know you and I were talking briefly outside, and you had this really good solution. And I'm all about solution. I'm about driven. I drive solutions. I mean, we can talk, yes. but what are we doing I to love change? That. That? I love what, you. <laughs> what do we? Thank you. We're, we have a lot of similarities um, in our in our in our zest for life and and just like wanting uh justice for people but what can we do what can we do um to support you i know you're not running until 2022 but i i intentionally brought you on early so we can make a make your face known to us so when we do see your name you're like oh my god i remember her from a few years ago but what can we do for you right now in terms of your campaign and 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 raising money what what do you need from us so i love that you're solution driven because that's really important but right now i think the best way to support my um my um, congressional race is to donate okay. small dollars, like even at like five dollars, ten dollars. Um, Erica Rhodes, so it's um, ericaforcongress.com, so A A R I K A for congress.com. People will be surprised how quickly small dollar donations add up. Now, to run um, a race, you need an extraordinary amount of money until we can get, um, you know, financial or the our whole uh, we can get big money big out money. of politics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. small dollar donations, supporting on social media, okay. following us on social media, telling people about our our campaign, okay. and then when the time comes, right after this election, phone banking, door okay. knocking, volunteering for the campaign, all I those things, you. all those things really you. do help. I'm gonna I'm gonna 100% give you my word. I'm gonna build a team and we're gonna we're gonna really support you in any way so we'll talk about that (laughs) outside we have a few more minutes and i wanted you to plug one more thing before we go because about i'm about about solutions so as i was doing my research about you and your your seat i saw that the guy who your cabin mate or or who you're running your opponent yeah Yeah. what is it called the incumbent incumbent. he's like he's the one he's the current occupant of the seat yeah which is bat sherman i didn't see anything spectacular that he's doing he's been in the seat since 2013 if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. i don't see anything that he's done for the county for legislation what are you going to do differently than mr brad sherman um so i will echo those same sentiments (laughs) you (laughs) know i i I, I, work i yes you you did um so the biggest thing that i'm going to do is um fight and advocate and for legislation that are going to have a direct impact on kids, our youth, and communities of color. Okay. I think that's really, really important. We need criminal justice reform. We have to close the education to pipeline, to our education to prison pipeline. We have to close the Ooh. foster care to homeless pipeline. Wow. So advocating for those things. I'm going to be advocating for a universal basic income, which okay. gives every American $1,000 a month. Okay. It's direct cash payments. 
that will allow um, people to decide what's best for their life. So for example, like if you need a new tire, you now have the money to do that. Um, that's one of the, it's actually a very popular policy amongst that's Americans good. now. We can all use a thousand dollars. Yes. A little stipend a month. Is it a month? Will it's it every a- month. It's okay. kind of like how we got this that first stimulus, stimulus check, check, but okay. you get it every month. And then I'm obviously gonna obviously, but I'm also gonna advocate for ranked choice voting. Okay. So we're not in a position where we're voting between the less of the two evils as people like to call it. You know, we have to give people a reason to vote. And sometimes it's really hard when you're when you're politically active, but then like you put in all this effort, but it's back down to like these are my choices. And so I'm a like it was the last presidential race. Yeah. For a lot of people, yes. And so ranked choice voting. But I also I think this is really, really important. I'm committing to ten years. That's five terms. I don't want to die on that seat. I'm not in this for anything more than people. Okay. And so I'm gonna so I'm going to as soon as I get into office, I'm going to find a successor and I'm okay. going to n- nurture. Awesome. So the next, I could pass the torch yes. because I believe, like my friend Jermaine Johnson says, we got two oh, minutes. And oh, I want sorry. you to plug yourself. Yes, no okay? problem. <laughs> no, this is okay. But that that real leaders know when to pass the torch. torch. Yeah, and so that's something that separates me from Brad Sherman and actually caring about people, people. putting people first. Yep. Amen to that. I feel like I'm rushing to get all this in. You did it. You did it. So, wait, before you go, I know you um, you spoke briefly about um, this conference that you're having or yes. a virtual talk. Well, tell us about that. Tell us about that. And then after that, tell us how we can find you. Okay. And then on your social media, and then we're going to wrap up. So, I'm, I do monthly webinars. My campaign does monthly webinars. And this month, um, on the 17th, we're collaborating with Kim Whitley, Vanessa Spencer, Julie Arnold. Um, Kayla Hugh and then um, Rakshan Salmandrala on awesome. parenting in the pandemic. Awesome. So if you go to my Instagram, Erica Rhodes, A-A-R-I-K-A, or Erica for Congress, the link is in the bio. So sign, register for that, but it's addressing what it's like to parent in a pandemic. And then at the end of the month, I'm very excited awesome. about this. Okay. It's going to be young people. Um, it's called the vote of the future. Okay. And basically it's young people coming on my um, webinar talking about what they're voting, why they're voting. Voting, what's important to them awesome. because we really have to cultivate the next generation of leaders we have to uplift our youth in a meaningful way and give them a platform so something that's unique to my campaign is I have a kids have a voice to program and it's a commitment that in Congress I will stay very invested with our youth and be present and create opportunities for them Amen. and I and because I really am doing this for the next generation yes, your son yeah, my, my future kids yes <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I just want to thank you. Aww. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart coming here and just being who you are. You are definitely Godson and Aww. you were chosen. You were chosen vessel to be exactly who you are, a change maker. And I commend you on your on your educational path. I know that's what your journey is. Um, continue. Keep, keep going and, and think about us. We're here for you to support you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hold on really fast. Yeah. What you're doing is really important. Thank you. Uplifting voices like mine and thank other you. people, like, that's important. So thank you for what you are doing. Thank you. You I, are extraordinary. I'm telling you. you. I this appreciate girl here. that. 
I appreciate you saying that because I am, I don't, you didn't know this, I'm an emancipated youth. So I am here to show my brothers and sisters that you can make it. Yes, it's hard. Yes, they slap us. Yes, homelessness is our, is right behind us. But I'm here to tell you that you can do it. Absolutely. You can do it. You can do it. Just keep your head up. Absolutely. But before we go, we really need your support. I need your support. I need you to subscribe to A Girlfriend's Guide to Life podcast on Facebook, and it's spelled the way it sounds, but on Instagram, it's Girlfriend's Guide to Life, L-Y-F-E. And then you can find us on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel. We're still young. We're growing. But I'm trying. I'm coming <laughs> here every day to do it, every week. But um, I'll see you soon. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye.